This episode of Chica Travel Podcast is proudly sponsored by Mr. D Food, the joy of food delivered. Hello guys, welcome to this bonus episode of Chica Travel Podcast. My name is Lelo B. Thank you for all the love. Thank you for all the feedback that you've been sending about my last couple of episodes. It is much, much appreciated. This episode is very close to my heart because I never imagined that I could be talking to this powerhouse. She is a lady that most of us grew up seeing in magazines, someone that we associated with good food. I always wondered what it's like living in her house. I always imagined there'd be food, food everywhere and all the time. So I am chatting to the legendary Dora Sitole and we are celebrating her new release of um, called 40 Years of Iconic Food. It is a new book that celebrates her 40 years in the food industry and inspiration from all her travels all over the world. I have really been enjoying chatting to my guests about food and I'm super grateful to Mr. D for this opportunity, Mr. D Food for this opportunity. And um, I mean, you guys gave me the chance to even try talking to Mum D. So guys, please do enjoy this episode. It's just so, so wholesome. And like I mentioned in this episode, I really hope I'll get to travel with her one day. It's a dream. <laughs> so yeah, enjoy this uh, food and travel episode with Mam Dorasitole, proudly sponsored by Mr. D Food, the joy of food delivered. Enjoy. Hello, Mam D. Welcome to the Chica Travel Podcast. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you, Lelo. I'm also so excited to to be with you after such such a long time. Thank you yeah. so much for inviting me. I actually am shocked that you still remember that you know we have met. So wow, like you, you must have a good memory. <laughs> and 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 Mamzi, <laughs> when I got a copy of your new book, wow, wow, wow. I was like looking at this book and I could see the quality the firstly from from just the cover image the image you look so happy you look so colorful and you make me want to touch this book and open it and then when I looked oh, at wow. um, honestly <laughs> when I looked at you, know, <laughs> you can see Uguti, it's 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 not something that was put together quickly it looks like something that is well thought out the chapters in this book, um, everything. It, I, I was so impressed. So just tell me about the process of getting to your new book, 40 Years of Iconic Food. Oh, wow. Um, you know, like I wanted to do, a, a, I've always wanted to do a, a recipe book because obviously my books came to Cairo. I think that was published twice. I did, I did the first one and then traveled again and then did the second one. Mm. I just food from Africa, from Cape to Cairo. Mm. So you, you, it doesn't go beyond that. It's just food from Africa, um, which is a lovely thing. I mean, I'm just like, that was the highlight of my life. <laughs> so, but then I've always like, I'm like, okay, I, I cook and I do, don't just cook African food. And also Nati, in our homes, we don't just eat African food. We mix. We might have maybe like probably find leaning more towards African food. But I mean, we bring in other cuisines as well. And having been with Trula for so many years, 
I've actually been cooking food from all over the world. So I just wanted to bring those experiences because I do have that information and those skills in me. So I wanted to put together a, a book that represents, you know, the whole spectra of my cooking experience. And, but I, I couldn't just, it, it took me a while to like think, how do I even put it together? Because I didn't want another book with a chapter of starters and soups and main meal and baking and then desserts or whatever. I just wanted a book that will, you know, just resonate with people. Also, you know, people are always asking me about how did you get here? How did you even think food could be such an important career? You know, all those questions, um, I always get those questions. So I like, maybe it's an opportunity to just answer all those questions. And at the same time, um, just uh, give people the food that I always enjoy cooking and in a way to empower them as well because it's nice to have a recipe book where you know that you'll find most of the things you want to cook so so that was the idea so i thought okay let me just base it on my life maybe because um this year i'm celebrating 40 years in food you know i started in february 1980 so this year was exactly 40 years um so i was like okay let me celebrate my 40 years in food with this book, just as a gift to Mzansi and a gift to myself. But then at the same time, maybe what I need to do is to go back because whatever um, happened to me 40 years back was informed by my life before then. So I was like, okay, let me go back to my childhood because my childhood was quite hectic in terms of lack of food. And in a way, I don't know, maybe it made me to love food so much because <laughs> I was forever yearning for food because yeah. I was forever hungry. <laughs> yeah. And then it came and come to my life in so way to where there was now food, though not a, a big variety because there wasn't enough money. So it was limited food, but at least there was food. I never went hungry. Yes, so I just based it on that and I took each decade of my life and formed it into a chapter. Yeah. I really So as you know, I'm sixty seven, which is like like almost seven decades, so it's got seven chapters. Oh, oh <laughs> is that why? Oh my goodness. Okay, mm -hmm. so for those I've got the book right here actually. So for those who are wondering you still, you guys need to go and get the book, but the chapters are my roots, my heritage, the sounds, tastes, smells, and flavors of Soweto from my notebook, becoming a culinary goddess, cooking from Cape to Cairo, dining around the world, and my enquiries. My favorite, I haven't been able to go through all the chapters. What I did was to read through all the stories that you told in the book to introduce the different chapters. And then uh, I only went through uh, my roots, uh, my heritage. And I think the recipes there are already my favorites <laughs> because I kind of <laughs> <felt> like <laughs> they were also transporting me to growing up and, you know, all the food that I used to eat at home growing up. I can't cook my yeah. tea. So, Mina, the, the simplest meals make me super happy. <laughs> and, and I think my, <laughs> my heritage will help with those guys that, that can't cook at all. You know what? If you can read, you can cook, Lelo. <laughs> <laughs> is there, uh, I know it's, it's a bit of an impossible question, but is there a, um, a chapter that you are most proud of in what you have put in there? One chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the first, 
the first and the last chapters. Because mm-hmm. the first chapter, yeah, it just, I, I really had to go deep in and just tap into those emotions. Mm-hmm. And it really took me back. And um, it, it's a mixture of um, love and pain and struggle and love, you know, from my, my aunt who raised us. So it really, really resonates with me. And I mean, I think that's the chapter that formed or informed who I am now. And then, of course, my, the last chapter is my pride and joy with all my children doing well and uh, me kind of like strolling into the sunset. So <laughs> no, I had to give I, it two chapters. <laughs> I totally, totally get you. The first one also really, really touched me as well. You also had me Googling uh chatter chatterston i didn't even know there was such a place and it's here in Gauteng. chatterston is now chatterston people in chatterston were moved from chatterston to tuduza oh is that what it nigel is? Yeah. I've, I've been checking like what so is chatterston that? is the old township oh okay. that's the old township before tuduza mm, okay well that's 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 really interesting i didn't know that and oh, i think but it still exists because I think when we were moved from Chesterton, it became a coloured community. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so Mamdi, having spent mm-hmm. you know forty years in food and you know in hospitality, obviously a lot of things have come and go. Lot of lots of changes. What are some of the most significant changes in that food industry that you say stand out for you when you look at you know when you started and you know how things are today? Um, in terms of um, the food itself or in terms of people? People and their attitudes towards food and how we eat food and, um, yeah. You know, obviously when I started, we didn't have, a, we have recipe books, but they're all written by white people. And um, they all, of course, had um, white food. And internationally, what was known as South African food was Boboti and Cook Sisters. And um, in the industry, True Love was the first magazine to have a black food editor. All other magazines, the white magazines had food editors, but the black magazines didn't, or even newspapers. Mm. So when I started, it was almost kind of like starting a new thing of um, Mm. having a food editor that will cook food that um, is eaten in the townships, I think even the food in True Love then was quite simple because I wanted it to be accessible to our readers. Mm. So I think that started a trend of people pulling out recipes, cutting them out, making their own recipe books with the pages from True Love magazine. And the True Love uh, demonstration kitchen just became a hub of activity with all those people who were hungry to learn how to cook. I mean, we used to get packed. People would even sit on the floor. Wow. That just shows how people so much wanted to cook. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a movement kind of started mm-hmm. of, um, in our community of people wanting to collect recipes, of wanting to learn more, even other skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine that was just true love and me. But then now, look at all the young chefs. Jeez. I mean, you look at all the books that are coming out. And it just gives me like so much pleasure that, you know, 
you know, sometimes when you're working, you're just, it's, it's, in, it's in a day's work. You don't even think you're influencing people. You're just going about your, your business. But then to see how over the years, you know, food became important as a career to a lot of black young people, you know. So that actually, yeah, that gives me so much pleasure. So I think now it's just a totally different world. If you say to people, there was once just one food editor, one black uh, cookbook author, they'll be surprised what you're talking about because now you've got like so many and it's just, and kind of food has become trendy. You saw during lockdown that yeah, people are now loving and enjoying to cook. It's no longer like a chore. Mm. It's become fun and it's become like a, a beautiful hobby to have. Yeah, no, that, that is so true. I'm one of those people that started in lockdown. So, you know, speaking of how it has become a career, you also said a, um, something in the book about your career has never felt like a job, but more an extension of your lifestyle. So, Njewena, you've just been cruising through life, Mamdine. <laughs> Not working, just getting paid to do what you love. <laughs> for the politics of the of the corporate when, when your increase doesn't match match up to your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Except for those for those little politics in the in the in the in you know like in every other office. Yeah, because here and there they crop up just to remind you but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but otherwise really it's been yeah I've been cruising. Mm. I really have been, yeah, and I've enjoyed every moment. I remember even then, a true love, it was, knowing a weekend, you sit with your friends and they are so miserable, they're just not happy to go back to work on the next, and I'll look at them and I'm like, wow, that's so sad, because I never had those feelings for me going to work was like so exciting every day. Mm. Okay, well, that's, that's such a good story to tell, and I think we all aspire to know to have to work in environments where we really feel like we are so happy to be here and we don't have to, 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 to dread going back to the office when it's Sunday. So the first book you were not very proud of because you said the reason why you looked at this book, uh, you'll remember the title, I, I didn't write it down, is because... Yeah. On, the touch of Africa. Yes, and you said the reason why you were not super proud is because when you looked at it, it was only one chapter that had traditional African food. And I think, you know, a lot has changed since then. And that inspired you to actually talk to Kanye back then, who was the editor of True Love, to say, I want to do this. Can I travel to, to the continent, throughout the continent? And then you traveled to 19 African countries. This was before the book got published again for the second time. So when you, when you went to all those 19 countries, uh, what were some of the similarities that you noticed between, you know, us as South Africans and our counterparts in the rest of the continent in terms of how we prepare our food and how we consume our food? Of course, there's always that communal cooking, you know, like you're all in the kitchen. That one is chopping that and that one is doing that and you're all singing and making noise and chatting, you know, I just found that through, throughout Africa, West Africa, East Africa, that's what happens, you know, you know, women always cook together, singing and, you know, just having fun and the communal eating, 
you know, um, I, didn't, I don't think we do it as much now, but when I was growing up, we used to eat from two big dishes that were a bowl of meat and a bowl with pap, and you all sit around there, or even in one bowl, there'll be a portion of papa, a portion of yam, a portion yeah, cabbage, or whatever you're having, and you, you all just wash your hands, and you sit around, and you dig in. The first thing you do is to grab your piece of meat and put it behind you. <laughs> so that's it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you then you eat your pap and your morojo and and then you finish up with your meat. <laughs> yeah, it's just, so and then I found it happening you know, in most yeah throughout Africa, which was like fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that thing, Jeff, and the grandmother will be sitting there next to the onions, like go and buy onions, and she digs in into her bra, pulls out money, and it got like. <laughs> So lots of similarities are throughout. Yeah. Yeah. And then Morocco is just the one common thread that you find. Every corner of Africa has its own kind of Morocco. Even Egypt, they've got something called Mulakia, which is like their wild leaf. And West Africa is very big on their, on their bitter leaves and wild leaves. And East Africa, they've got Sukuma Wiki, which means push the week. It's like a type of Morocco. Mm. All over. I mean, in Zambia, you get Chomolia. In, in Zimbabwe, they've got what they call rape. And then here at home, we've got Mbuya, Tepe, mm. you know, which is Amaranth. So that's very popular and very common throughout. And of course, our starch, maize meal, you find it in every corner. Mm. Pap here at home, in Chima, in, 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 in Malawi and Zambia, Sadza in, in Zimbabwe. You know, Ugali in you know in in, in Eastern East Africa, like Kenya, Kenya. You know, all over. And then in, in in West Africa, they've got what they called banku or kenke, which is made, which is also made from maize. But then there, I think their starch of preference would be like the pounded yam, mm-hmm. which is also very similar in texture yes, to pap. Yeah. yeah. Now you're making me think of all the <laughs> yummy <laughs> yummy dishes in the continent. Is there one of these um African countries that you really, really I know you liked most of them, if not all of them, but it, is there one that you really, really connected with and you felt okay, I'm gonna go back here again and you actually went back just to visit, not to work? Zanzibar I went twice for work. Mm, mm. Because I loved it so much. Yeah. Because the first time when I went there was the fashion team as well. So we were shooting food and fashion. So I didn't really get to to experience the food because I mean, fashion people, I mean, they're like 10 and we just do. <laughs> so I had to go back so that I can really experience the food in Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. Egypt, I also went back twice and I also loved it a lot. I really loved the food in Egypt. It resonated with me a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, what do they eat in Egypt, um, Mamdi? It's, it's very have you been to dubai it's yeah, more it's more or less that oh, mediterranean yeah you know about baba ganoush mm. the flatbreads oh. lots of olives I love no their food is lovely but but now they don't eat uh, not that they don't eat it but it's not very prominent couscous couscous is more morocco and libya and algeria yeah in in egypt they love rice ah. yeah so it's very middle and their food is very middle eastern 
Mm. But it's nice. Oh, they're bread. You know, like I stayed at this hotel, Hilton, mm. and they had a, a, a lady making bread every day. And this one morning, I just happened to stroll to that corner. Mm. And this lady gave me like fresh bread from this clay oven. I just wanted to die and go to heaven. Like, <laughs> and also you love bread. <laughs> I love bread. I shouldn't because that's my vice. Because <laughs> I think, because I can, it's 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 also one thing that you enjoy making and you really really like do it so well. And now, like I can eat and now it's like I must be a bit, you know, a bit more healthy in terms of my food choices now. <laughs> they keep telling you every day what is bad for you. I mean. So, so what is your like currently when you think when you think um of okay i need to just make myself a quick meal because uh, i don't have a lot of time to cook but i'm hungry and i want to eat something nice what do you make for yourself fortunately i love salads you love salads. so i would, I would make i always have salads yeah, I love salads. I I just throw in lettuce and whatever. And it's now that you buy these packets with all things mixed in, like your beetroot and carrot. Mm. But yeah, you know, salad is not, it does not hit the spot. Ah, I know. It's, it's nice for the palate. <laughs> it's it's just nice for the palate. Looks, it looks good. Maria, I feel like you want something, it ha- you know, something. Uh, it makes you feel like you're being healthy, but it really doesn't touch deep down there. And I always have a packet of chops in my freezer. I'm bad sometimes, but I, I eat very healthily. It's just that when I'm really feeling down and I feel like I need something to lift me up, I'll, I'll, make, I'll quickly make pop with tomato and onion gravy and, and a chop and maybe spinach on the side. And that's really satisfies me so, so so you said you always have like chops in the fridge what else is always always in your fridge hmm. hey my fridge is always full really you know, i just no. sometimes just buy, I, buy, I buy food for just yeah you know i'm, I'm that old-fashioned person who still has a freezer the box you know the big box freezer yes oh wow i have that yeah, so whenever I see something that I, I really love, I buy and I freeze. Uh, so if you go to my freezer, you'll find oxtail, you'll find leg of lamb, you'll find chops, you'll find mince, you'll find everything. Oh, I so, so that if I'm cooking something, I just defrost. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it, I know it's, it's locked down now, so maybe don't do it. But usually in normal circumstances, you still like host a lot of people at home and cook for them. I do all the time. You know, like for me, every little event is an excuse to have people over. <laughs> I mean, when I was doing my book launches, last week I did exclusive book, this week I did CNA. Yes. For both of them, I was like, please come and have a watch party in my house. I'll do my Zoom thing in another room. Oh, wow. And then, then I spend the whole day cooking. By the time I do my Zoom later, I'm so tired. Because <laughs> I'm happy to go to the house. Because <laughs> after that, it's then it's a party. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I always have people around. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, and well, if it's you... night, every the whole family is coming over. It's just like it's like a train station. <laughs> I live alone, but I don't feel alone. You don't feel alone because <laughs> there's always uh, traffic in the house. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you you also mentioned that, uh, 
in your travels, you know, as far as possible, if you could attend a cooking class in that particular country, you would go. What did you see as the value of doing that when you were, you know, traveling? You know, go to you just take recipes, especially when I was a true love, you research. I want to do an article on Italian cooking. Then you just do your research, you know, and you, those years we didn't even have internet. So, but then we used to get all these international magazines, you know, from head office. Mm -hmm. So you do your research, you look, you look, and then you try out those recipes in the kitchen. And you just hope it is right. It's correct. That's the flavor, you know. You know, you're not really... I would say actually you're fine with it because you you know if you go to an Italian restaurant and they say this is lasagna, mm. and then once you make it for the magazine, it will taste like the one you ate at the restaurant. Mm. But then there's something about being in Italy and eating lasagna there, mm. you know. Then it just changes the whole. So that's what I loved, Moba. Then I go I go to a, a cooking class in Italy, mm. and then the ladies show me how to make bruschetta, and it's it's so authentic and so real mm. and how to make homemade pasta. It then just feels so different. So I think for me, it was that to experience the actual food in, you know, in its home base. Mm. Mm. That's so okay. that when I come back and I write about it, I have a bit of confidence mm -hmm. that I actually know how this thing tastes in Thailand. I know how Patai tastes in Thailand, or I know how sushi tastes in Japan. Because I've made, I went to a class and, and actually experienced cooked it with a, a pro. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I want to ask you about just some of the countries that you've been to, particularly India and Morocco. What do you remember about India, and what 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 did you like about being there, and you know their food? Because I hear a lot about how good their food is. But what was your, what do you remember? I don't know how long ago this was, but I was just curious about your, your thoughts on India. Um, you know, like you, you think when you eat the, the, your Deben curry, that that's curry. Mm. Well, it's Deben curry. So, you know, respect <laughs> to it. But yeah. then when you get to India, it's different. Mm. It's not as hot. And there's so much variety. The smells, oh, the way they cook rice, everything, in, and they love food. You can see Indians just love food. Because mm -hmm. every hotel you, you stay at, there's so much food. And um, I also was not just in the city, like we went to De Delhi and Calcutta. Mm -hmm. We also went to the countryside. Mm -hmm. And you could see how people were, you know, cook their food. And it's, it's almost like the, the, the essence remains all over India. Mm -hmm. And it's just beautiful food. I think Indian food is just like so awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, besides Jay, the noise in India, in the streets, the traffic, but every corner there's street food, you know, like there's people, there's noise, there's hooters, there's food. <laughs> it's just like awesome in a way, you know. In, in, you know, it's just like this chaos that enjoyable in a strange way. And the thing is, you're not even scared to eat that street food. You know, the no nothing says to you, yo, you chaos, like it dust and everything, nothing. You just stretch out and you, you look at these lentils up when they puff up like that, you know, these braids. Ah, yeah. 
wow. and you want to eat everything. everything. <laughs> I okay, remember chaos. Yeah, I remember um, listening to an interview. I think Oprah was interviewing someone and then she started talking about India and she said, I've been to many places in the world, but when I got to India, I still got the biggest shock. You know what you were saying about who busy, traffic, hooting, everything. It's just, I would love to go and experience that mess. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, I would never go. I think, please go. It's something you want to experience in your lifetime. There's a sad sadness of the children who are beggars. That's, that will break your heart. But then it is part of India. And it's also in that whole mess, in that noise and chaos and whatever, there's all these little beggars mm. which just like really break your heart. Oh. But yeah, no, India is, yeah, <laughs> it's just what different from everything I've been. Yeah. And then Morocco, how was Morocco for you? Mor- Morocco, I went twice. The first time was. For the magazine, it was awesome. It was amazing. Also, being True Love magazine, we always we stayed at very nice hotels, kind of five stars. So, and the food was amazing. You know, they don't have like a lot of food. The cuisine is limited, but it's it's awesome. I mean, the that couscous and tagine, and of course those those areas in, in, in Mediterranean areas they grow olives. So. Olive oil and olives is just all over. And the flatbreads, again, you just, it's just hummus and whatever. It's just amazing. And they've got this market in the old city where there's stands, lots and lots of stands selling food. Yeah. And you just sit anywhere and you can just eat to your heart's satisfaction for quite a reasonable amount of money. Wow. And it's just always good. And it looks, well, in Morocco, the difference is, between Morocco and India, Morocco looks quite clean, you know, and you, you don't get a lot of children begging in Morocco also. Mm. So it's quite, it's quite pleasant in a way, you know. And, but then I went back again a year before last in 2019, 2018, with friends to celebrate a friend's birthday. And, and then, yeah, yeah. But my first experience was awesome because I really got to get into the culture and because I was there for a mission to mm. get to know the food and to get to know the culture. Mm. And this time around, it was really just to visit. Okay. Okay. Mm. And then it's a, beautiful, do, it's a beautiful country to visit. Yeah. I would love to go. It's on my list. Hopefully sometime in 2021, if things get better. So do you travel a lot uh, though for, for leisure? I know you sometimes go to New York to visit your daughter uh, but besides that, do you just, do you travel a lot still? Yes, I, you know, my plan is that in a year I should go to two, in, two international destinations. Mm. So, well, this year was a write-off, so <laughs> it's okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> Pumi is coming in November, so that will be okay. Mm. So, but then my plan is like in a year I should go to at least two, three international destinations. And if I can afford to. Yes. <laughs> of course, money is always that big thing, right? But so, but what's top of your list, though? If, if you had all the money you needed and you could go to one place, like in the beginning of, new, of, of 2021, where would you go? 
My daughter and I are planning to go to Mexico. We're hoping we'll go this year, but yeah, then this happened. Mm. So I'm very curious about Mexico. I'm also curious about China. I've been to Japan and Thailand, but I haven't been to China. Mm. And um, in a strange way, I'm also I'm curious about Australia, even though everyone discourages me that it's not as fun or yeah. it's not as exotic. Mm. But somehow, because of all the food um, culture that's happening there, yeah. I'm quite curious, you know, mm. to visit and to just to enjoy the food and experience yeah. the restaurants. And and some places, I mean, I mean, they're not a hit with everyone. But if there's that thing about that country that you're curious about, put it somewhere on the list. You know, you never know. It might it might actually uh, be a, a pleasant surprise. For me, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think and I think because I also love to do the Mediterranean countries. You know, I've been to Italy, but I'd love to do Greece, Portugal, and Spain. Mm, mm, mm. You must come with me. Going. Let's go together. If Pumi is not there to go with you, I'll go with you and then we go and experience all this. <laughs> me, I'm always ready for a trip, Namdi. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I love traveling. I just love traveling with all my heart. And I just find airports such a... They have a culture of their own and, and they tend to miss airports. Just like, I don't know what I love, what it is about airports, but I love airports. <laughs> International airports, of course. I know, I know what you mean. So when you <laughs> when you visit your your daughter in New York, what do you eat? What do you enjoy eating in America? <clears throat> Pomi is such a foodie. She loves cooking and she cooks well. Mm. So she knows all the lovely places. So we, we eat out a lot. She also cooks a lot. Mm. So I can't, I can't really be specific because I'm really like guided by her. She'll say, today we're going to such and such a place. Mm. And then I'll, I'll follow her. But I always my, my, remember my experience um, in one of the restaurants. It was after, because she's, she's an actor. Mm. So it was after one of her shows. Um, in Broadway, on Broadway, so there's a nice Peruvian restaurant. So I'd never eaten Peruvian food. That's also one country that's on my bucket list. And all oh, the food was amazing. It's called Pio Pio, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it was just in Manhattan. It was just amazing. You know, that's, that kind of like stands out in, on my, top of my head. But I mean, we've been to so many other lovely, lovely places, you know. I think she always like kind of makes a research, does some research before I come, and then, mm. then she takes me to all those places. <laughs> that is so so cool! This stunning, stunning, stunning book, um, beautiful to look at, so so amazing to read through the stories in here, um, and and I think I think from on behalf of everyone that you wrote this book for. Um, I really want to say thank you. And if you were to just give one word uh, to, to people that haven't gotten the book, what is the one thing? People who love food, but they haven't gotten the book yet. Because it really just, it came out this week or last week. What, what, what would you like to say to, to those people about this book? <laughs> I'd really love for them to get the book because you know what? I put my heart and soul into it. So it comes with lots of love from me. 
And I think they'll enjoy every dish that's in there because I always make sure that if before a recipe gets printed, it's tested and it works. So at least they know they'll be getting a book that with recipes that work, but also with recipes that resonate with, with their African side, if they like looking for African recipes and also just um, resonate with just their other side of wanting Western food. And um, I think this is, to me, I hope it's, like I said in the book, I hope it will be a guide in the kitchen, you know, it will be just well-thumbed and people will return to it from time to time for, for guidance, you know. Yeah, so. You said <laughs> it's a practical cookbook that will make the kitchen less daunting. And you want, with it, you wanted to take the ambitious food-loving home cook from basics to brilliance. So I guess I'm going to become a chef because I'm going to be learning. Ah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so Mamsi, thank you so, so much for your time. I really, really am so happy that you made the time to chat to me. And I know you do mention in the book that the next big thing that you want to work on is the Dora Sitole Cooking School. And I'm going to pray for you to have that become a reality. I'm not sure how far you are in, you know, in, in making that happen, but I'm behind you. you, fully support you. And I think you really should do it. We, did, we need it. Thank you. That has to happen. Yes. <laughs> even if, even if I don't travel and work on that school, I'm, my heart is really in it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll travel and do it. <laughs> and I think it's I think for your legacy, this book definitely um, um is something that we absolutely needed. And if we were to have that school, then I get, the cycle is complete. So really, really praying that it, it, it all comes to fruition for you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lelo. It's been awesome yeah, And all the best to you. You're making you doing wonderful things. I always follow you. I'm a bit of a stalker, I must say. So <laughs> from your from your days at just curious. <laughs> to now. I was so surprised when I when I thought of wanting to interview you for this, you know, food series that I was doing, I went and searched for you on social media and I found I'm like, ah, oh, she follows me. Yo, she remembers me, she knows me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so so much i really appreciate you <laughs> my pleasure Lilo. thank you very much Bye. this chica travel podcast foodie series is proudly sponsored by mr d food the joy of food delivered thank you very much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it we will catch up again next week but in the meantime if you listen on apple please leave a review and comment it helps other people find the podcast as well if you do that so i appreciate that very much and also you can find us on social media at chica travel pod hashtag chica travel pod until next week goodbye